Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, kids. Welcome back. Uh, you know, you only get one opportunity to make a first impression. But that's this is, what happens is when you're out of the loop for a little bit, you forget to plug in something. And I forgot to plug in my microphone. So these poor guys here, they're scrambling around trying to figure out what they were doing. It was me. I apologize. So yes, I was rusty. And yes, it cost us a little time. But if you were listening in British Columbia, it is starting around one o'clock. So we've got that going for you. Hi, and welcome to the inaugural edition of Just the Game. I am your host, Rob Kerr. I am coming home. I am excited to be home. But Rob, this is the kind of the first time we've seen you on the Nation Network or the Barn Burner. Uh, yes, but I am coming home. 20 odd years ago, uh, this was my show, Just the Game, in Edmonton. And I left it to move to Calgary to join 960. Uh, Jason Greger took it over, and he turned it into a friggin' empire. And an amazing job he did, so much so that he eventually just put his own name on it and gave up the Just a Game moniker, and he was kind enough to let me go back to it. So 20 years later, here we are with a program called Just a Game. And what is Just a Game all about? Well, it's about Calgary in this case. It's about our teams and our sports. It's going to be heavy hockey. Yep. For sure, but not only. It's And I'm very excited about this and hugely honored that the uh, Nation Network is uh, allowing me to be the first sports talk show. So they've had a lot of other programs. They're all great programs. They're all hockey programs. In the case of baseball and, and soccer, there's programming there too. But this is going to be a sports talk show. So while we are going to concentrate in the winter months on hockey, we are also going to cover the CFL, Major League Baseball. We've got a basketball team starting up here in our city. We've got a soccer team, Cavalry. We've got some women's soccer coming. There's lots going on. And plus, we've got some stories. Uh, I retired in 2018. I'm unretiring four and a half years later. And guess what? We still don't have an arena, nor do we have a field house. Um, and I said it earlier to Boomer. Uh, you know, quite honestly, I feel like this this city sometimes is dragging a little bit that it's it's lip is down that uh we need to you know we need to throw some electricity in the old wazoo and get her all fired up again now i'm not saying i'm going to do it but we're going to try to figure out who can we are going to try to figure out who can glad you're with us uh, a little later on we are hoping to have uh, managing editor ryan pike from flames nation join us lots to talk about with ryan of course the flames coming off a tough loss yesterday building issues all kinds of things, so looking forward to that. Uh, this is a program that you will hear Monday, Wednesday, and Friday right here. Um, one to three-ish. Uh, and then podcast on your favorite Apple or Spotify account. Go, go and find it. Uh, and I believe the term is uh, leave us a good review. 
uh, find it, rate it, and love it, and and we'll do more of it. Uh, so we're really excited about this uh, big big day for me as well. Uh, encourage you to check out uh, my website, which got launched today, robkerr.ca, which will host this program as well, as well as my little business. We'll get into that long time. Anyway, went off on a long tangent about why we're doing this and all that. If you want to learn more, just go to my LinkedIn page because we put up, I, I feel like I'm throwing a lot at you. So why don't we take a deep breath? Feels better. Look at the, by the way, look at the graphics package. Thanks to the tan man for doing that. I love it. Just a game. It looks great. Um, let's bring the guy in who's responsible for all of this. And, and he's working. This is a very long day for him. Uh, because apparently he's been up since uh, about 1.30 this morning because uh, he forgot he doesn't have to get up early. And then uh, I, he did his own show very well and then has, uh, has done a nice job of recovering after I pulled out all the plugs and, and said, hey, guys, let's try to figure this out. Uh, Boomer, Dean Molberg joins us as we reunite uh, Kerboom from many decades ago. How you holding up? You okay? You good? I'm real good, buddy. Are you really good? How, how could a guy sleep? When it's debut day of just a game. How's the guy going to sleep? Look at look at. I that. don't know. Look at that right there. It's pretty cool, isn't it? Hey, look at that. I know. Uh, on the World Wide Web. That's us. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad, right? <laughs> Not bad. Look at us. It looks good, doesn't it? Yeah, it looks good, buddy. Hey. Um, tip of the hat to you, sir. Uh the name and the logo was uh, not the original one, and then you got us there, and it looks good. It looks really good. I feel like that's got to be how that stuff works, is you, oh, I don't know, I don't know, and then, yeah. it's, and then something comes like, well, you know, we'd probably be good to do this one, and then everybody likes it, and it just becomes the natural one. Yeah. We were sitting having lunch one day, and I said, well, this, uh, I don't know, it doesn't quite feel right, and you said, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to do the orig- my, my show, my sure. original one. Well, which one? Well, just a game. Just a game with Rob Kerr. Well, that's got to be it. And like you said, you know, because Jason Greger took it over and all of that. It's uh, the whole thing is awesome that you're doing it again, that it's just a game. I said it on the last show that mm-hmm. you have the flexibility and the freedom yeah. to have those long form conversations or short form, basically just to do whatever you feel needs mm-hmm. to be done. Because you've always had a very good a very good sense of what people are interested in, what people want to hear. You're never going to please everybody and nor should you try. Yeah. But I think that in general, you've, you've been a favorite of many people. And I Calgary sports fans should be pumped today because I, the, I won't take credit for it. I'm just, I'm just glad that it happened that when you were let go from your previous job, mm. we were already here. And I said, this is, this is one of the best sports talk guys in the country. Yeah. And he's sitting here looking for something to do. If we can make it happen, let's make it happen. And to their credit, as you said, uh, Jay and Jared and those guys are like, well, if, if you think that's, that's, yes, that's the way it should be. And this is going to be awesome. I look forward to watching you uh, do what you do best, buddy. It's been refreshing because, you know, we had those meetings and, and one of the questions I said, what are you guys looking for? What do you want? And they basically said, just don't get us thrown in jail, yeah. right? And it's, yeah. well, it hasn't been that way in a while, right? You know, the, the, the marching orders have been different for different reasons, but you come in here with the freedom to do it. And I say, we're going to talk a lot of hockey. You and I are going to talk a little bit of hockey, but there's some other stuff going on here that I, I definitely want to explore and I look forward to it. I look forward to bringing back some of the familiar voices. Um, tomorrow, as a matter of fact, a, a regular appearance from Bonesaw. Bonesaw will be rejoining the program. <clears throat> 
<laughs> Haven't heard that in a decade or right? more, at least. Yeah. So, yeah, look forward to Bonesaw being here. And then uh, hockey legend, Perry Berzan, is actually going to co-host with me on Friday. Is he? Yeah. So he'll tell us again how he broke Jim Nill's uh, jaw. Right. Like, you know. <laughs> Spin the hits, as they say. If, at, at some point, they're new stories again. Yes, exactly. Right? They're new again. Exactly. Those are all new again. Exactly. By the way, if you're looking up in the corner, we are live from the Oodle Noodle Studio. You know that? I do, yeah. The Oodle Noodle Studio. Uh, we bring the heat. Have you tried the butter chicken mac and cheese? No? I have not. How about the Kung Pao noodles? Yes. You have? I have. And? Awesome. Okay. The Bangkok Pad Thai Classic? Not yet. Okay. And also uh, vegetarian and gluten-friendly options as well. Did you know that? I was there a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I had the hot box. Oh, you did, did you? I did. I was going to put the hot box in my liner, but I felt like that could be misinterpreted without... It's only dirty if you make it dirty. All right. You know. Okay. No, it's delicious. Had some shrimp in there. Oodle Noodle, 17th. Truly, it's it's awesome. Two locations, 1244 17th Avenue Southwest, and for our folks in Airdrie, 105 Main Street North in Airdrie, uh, pickup and delivery. Do you um, want it now? Before yeah. we move on, because mm-hmm. I feel like this is good time for memory lane. Yes, I said you've always kind of had a good sense for you know what's topical. Do you want to talk about the time where, out of all the years we worked together, the biggest ball drop that you had? You won't remember right now, but as soon as I start talking, you will. Rob and I used to work together doing afternoons. My show would start at one. Yeah. Rob would come on at two. Yeah. And on a game day. You have, it's, it's a full kind of a day. You have yep. the, uh, the home team comes out and they do their morning skate. Then you go into the locker rooms and you do your interviews. Then the visiting team skates, then you do their interviews. And by that time, we're just at about one o'clock. Mm-hmm. So it's tight turn from visiting room, upload audio, start the show. Right. The Dallas Stars are in town. <laughs> the Dallas Stars are in town. Yes. I believe Dave Tippett is still the coach. Dave Tippett is the coach. And, and if you don't fill in that blank, I will. <laughs> Dave Tippett's the coach. And I'm in the hot stove. We'd done the Flames room. We're getting ready. And I said to Rob, "Should we, do you want to get anything from the Dallas room? Should we go in? And you were like, uh, no, nah, I, don't, I don't think I need anything. I got some, You had something else already for the, for the game that night. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to go in. And I came back about 10 minutes later with a look on my face like, you can't believe what you just missed. And that was the Sean Avery, I had Dion Phaneuf sloppy seconds day. Yeah. And that, and then remember that afternoon turned mm-hmm. on a dime. Yes, it did. Because then it was like, Dion's going to kill this man. Right. Can Gary Bettman allow that? What's going to happen? What are we going to see? Right. And then I guess we eventually got to the Bettman level and they did. They made Avery sit that game out. So... One of the things that I don't want to do with this show is I, uh, you know, I, I refer to it a little bit as old school sports talk, but I don't ever want to be the old man waving at the clouds saying, get off my lawn. One of us is misremembering. What? One of us is misremembering this story. One of us. And I, and it could be me. It could be me because I remember the story as being in the Dave Tippett scrum and being turned off by Dave Tippett lecturing us about Sean Avery because somebody, and it was likely Jermaine Franklin, asked him about Sean Avery and he said, Sean Avery has been the best player. We we couldn't ask for any more. You guys keep bringing it up. Sean Avery's a model player. We love it. 
And then I remember being in the room and I thought you were there. Yeah. And Franklin was there with the TSN flag and the microphone. And Avery came out and he said, where's TSN? Mm-hmm. And he went right to Jermaine and he said those comments. Yeah. So I think we were both in the room right up against, snug up against one o'clock. Were you, were you there for us? Yes. Because I was standing right next to Franklin. Because I knew that Tippett had just defended Avery. 100%. <laughs> like, it's just but I thought, I thought we were both there. Like I thought we were both there because we kind of looked at each other. And I think this is me misremembering or I'm now assuming your stories because they're better than mine. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I also remember saying to you, can we run that audio? And I believe you said, crap, yeah, we can. Yeah. Because he said it, right? Yeah. And then it, you're right, though. It was on. Like, we were calling the boss, and we were, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and then, it, the, then it came down that he was. That was know. one of those cool days yeah. where our little, you know, our little radio station, our little city, the team, and sure. that game that night became the focus of the National Hockey League. Like, Gary Bettman chiming in on that night's game. And we did. We thought it's going to be like slap shot. They're going to have ambulances circling the building. Oh, yeah. Who's, who is going to kill Sean Avery today? Yeah. And then they took him out of the game. And you're right. Tippett had just gone to great lengths. I also remember that day, Mike Ribeiro had the craziest suit on I've ever seen. It looked like he was wearing a tinfoil suit. Yeah. It was a shiny, it was reflective, s- silver suit. Insane. That only a guy like that could pull off. Like, very yeah. lean and slender and kind yeah. of, a, you know... Not European, but he just kind of had, okay, You, I guess you could pull that off. You and I were not pulling that off. We were not pulling that off. No. Um, did I steal this story from you or was I there? Washington's in town. We're getting ready to go on the air. And Boudreaux comes to the door and looks around and looks at us and goes, you guys don't have a window. <laughs> he, was, yeah. he just seemed yeah. so concerned about the two of us not having any light. Yeah. Well, I remember we, uh, I came in and it yeah. was Washington. It might've been the same trip, although we did this for years and sitting at our desks on our laptops, checking their email, Ovechkin yep. and Nick Backstrom. Yep. Yep. Oh, sorry. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Guys. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. Go ahead. Now tell the story. Yeah. Did you keep the folder open? Well, yeah, I had to go back. I just had to go back and see what it was. And it was, it was some Russian. So you, you couldn't open it. No, or you couldn't read it. I should I could, say I, you could open it, yeah, but you couldn't read it. I couldn't figure out what the hell it was. And then I figured I'll just let it go. Who's the tough guy from Nashville that just came in and stretched out on the couch and started watching TV? You remember that? I don't remember that. Yeah. See, you were there on Saturdays. No, no, this was a this and, was an afternoon. He wasn't dressed. He got skated afterwards, yeah. and he just came in and just stretched out on the couch and watched her watching TV. We had a chair, a red leather recliner. Oh yes, in yeah. the hot stove, and and it was a very cool chair. Yeah, and we were going to get people in Ovi. At, we I, did. He, did. <laughs> he, he signed the it. whole thing. He yeah, did. <laughs> everybody else would sign their autograph. He came in and just right across the whole back of it, which was cool. You couldn't make out what it said. Yeah, but I remember the Islanders were in town, yeah. and it was Rick DiPietro, goalie, yeah. came in. Uh, or no, I guess DiPietro was the goalie at that time, and he wore number 39. Yeah. And we had Doug Waite, yeah. who at that time, was he already assistant coach? No, he was. that was, was him wrapping playing? up his career, yeah. Yeah. And he came in, it's like, hey, Doug, can we get you to sign the chair? He's like, yeah, of course, of course. What's it for? Oh, charity, that sort of thing. And he looks and puts Doug, you know, Doug Waite. And then he stops, and you see he's kind of thinking about it. 
It's like, ah, fuck it, he says, and he puts in 39, because that, that's Doug Waite's number. But DiPietro was wearing yeah, 39. Yeah. Ah, ah, fuck DiPietro. <laughs> number 39. Damn right, Doug. Damn right. We had some good, uh, there was some really cool, that was the thing about that hot stove lounge. No one, and I said on the last show, when I, because I remember mm-hmm. you with just the game mm-hmm. and the sports ticker <laughs> on Friday nights, <laughs> on what station? Uh, it was uh, CJCA, so uh, 930 CJCA, the light. And what was, outside of you doing the sports ticker and yelling, what, uh, around the clock, what was Well, yeah, it was a Christian, you know, yeah. uh, station. John Short did afternoons from 2 to 6.30. So he did, or uh, pardon me, 4 to 6.30. So John did two and a half hours, and then I came on at 11 to, to 1. <laughs> Prime time. Yeah, it was, and, and you know, at the time, like, it was the greatest thing in the whole world. Um, all I remember is that we'd open up the lines and take calls, and every fourth caller was, why do they play that, that Britney Spears at, the Coliseum that she's a sinner and you know it just <laughs> yeah. so it, it struck a chord with some of the natural listeners to the station and I can only imagine now what I know about the business I can only imagine some of my listeners getting up in the morning and hearing um you know uh crap yeah. <laughs> like coming out of this thing going what was I listening to I remember and, the first time that I heard you yeah I was with Cam Moon yeah Every year, I was working in Red Deer, Rebels played whoever it was, probably the Hitman, yeah. preseason in Stetler. And driving back from Stetler, and he's like, oh, I wonder if, I wonder if Rob's on. And he's yeah. like, oh, he's a guy in Edmonton, and he knew, he knew of you. All Mooner's the best. And I think we called in, because the Eskimos, I think that was always, right around the time the Eskimos, it was yeah. the Labor Day rematch in Edmonton yeah. with the big crowd, and we had yeah. called in, and you were, hey, it's Cam Moon, and you were like roaring, and then into the sports tech, I'm like, Who, this guy's... Yeah. What is this guy's deal? It's like, oh, yeah, he just goes on this thing and he just yells at everybody and he's oh, yeah. pumped up all the time. And we adopted teams. Uh, the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes. <laughs> I just, I remember from the old Bugs Bunny cartoon yeah. and I could not believe that Rancho Cucamonga, California actually had a team. place. So we, you know, adopted them and yeah. brought their, did their scores. So it was true. Like and so then I'm, I'm in Red Deer and yep. I, I guess I had, maybe I had already, no, you, because I was listening to the Fan 960. Mm-hmm. And the, the post-game shows were a half hour long. Mm-hmm. And the pre-game show, may, I don't even know if it existed. There was just nothing. Mm-hmm. And the station as a whole, I guess Mike was there, right? Nope. Richard's nope. not even yet. Nope. The only, the only live, actual, interactive show when I got there was Joe and Kevin in the afternoon. Rick LaFitte did the highlights in the yeah. morning show. Because I remember I did a month of it. And, you know, it bored me to tears because I was just replaying the best of... Greeny and Goldberg and the yeah. best of Jim Rome and the best of Joe and Kevin. So I started getting people on and learned how to put a guest on. And I started bringing guests on. And then I remember the rocket coming in going, yeah, <laughs> please don't do that. And I go, why? He goes, well, cause Rick's got to come back and he doesn't want to do that. So yeah. as a result, I got stopped from having guests in the morning show. But you, you yeah. came in and you changed that radio station the way it is today. The way it's been for the last 20 years is because you came in and you did that. And then because the hot stove lounge, it was never used for stuff very often then you had to do the show from there, and the door had to be open. Only argument that Peter Mar and I have ever had about opening the door. He Door's did not want open. the door open. Yeah. He did not want the door open. And I, it was claustrophobic to me. 
right? And then it was the famous hallway interviews, right? Like Ken King would come and start screaming at me yeah. and I'd scream back at him and nobody could hear the other side. It didn't matter to me, but it gave that sense of we were someplace. But that door being open, I, I, it, it welcomed... It, I, I think of the things that happened that would not have happened if oh, that door were closed. Bruce Boudreaux or, you know, like, uh, oh, one of the best was Billy Niemann. When Niemann played for uh, San Jose and they scratched him and he was so depressed and he came in after the game and he put a headset on and it was like two weeks before the trade deadline. It, you know, you're not playing a lot, Billy, or you want to get traded. Oh, I'd like to come back to Calgary. Yeah. You know, it's just these spur of the moment things. I will push back on one thing and it's not me being humble or anything, but I do believe that it was the perfect storm. The, the, the run out of the blue in 04, the red mile run that just put all of these ears and all of this attention on this sports station and it blew up. And the best part of it was they were going so hard and we, we were on all the time right? They weren't hearing canned content. They, they weren't hearing spring sports talk in Calgary like they normally had. There was actually a going concern and we, we really maximized Well, that. and I'll push back there because yeah. you realize not everyone would have been on all the time. You had the platform to do it. Yeah. The, you weren't saying, hey, I'll, if you pay me time and a half, I'll do an extra hour. Right. You just wanted to be on. Yes. There was so much excitement. They, they couldn't take you off the air right. because you this was what you but had. But it was never ego. It was, I know it, it was. was just like, oh my God, let's do this. Like, we got to talk about this. And and again, I, I'll defend him to the hilt. I know he's not, you know, uh, the rocket. Just eventually there came a point in time where I didn't realize there was a cost. And that cost was actual manpower. That I just assumed that the producer who was staying and answering the phones loved it as much as I did. <laughs> and was doing it out of the goodness of their heart too. Right. And, and so that, that you know, became a yeah. bridge that we couldn't cross. But no, uh, to me, it was like, you know, I, I'll, I'll never forget uh, coming down to Calgary because uh, I had just covered the Oilers in the Dallas series. The Flames didn't make the playoffs. Um, there was nothing about the Flames that was attractive in 03, you know, prior to that run in the summer. Right. No. And I remember meeting Peter Hanlon from the, the Flames at, at Father David Bauer there having a camp. And, you know, he, I introduced myself and he said, hi, well, welcome to Calgary. He said, I'm really excited to be here. And he looked at me and said, really? <laughs> you know, kind of like, yeah. really? <laughs> okay. And it just all worked out. And, and the rest, as they say, but we had the freedom boom. Like, I mean, you're not wrong. You know what? The, we, rocket, the rocket was good at getting out of the way sometimes when he was when he could the just business, sense, the business changed on him it's like uh okay yeah. you guys because the show that mike did mike richards yeah. the, sh the stuff that you did uh, the stuff that rhett and i and pinder and absolutely Walker, he just kind of trusted that we yeah. that our instincts were good yeah and he let us do our thing but for you it was and again so to take away some of your humble a lot of guys could have gone on and done hours of radio it was that genuine passion that you still have, sure. but that you had at that at that point. Yep. you couldn't manufacture it. It wouldn't be worth. It wouldn't be as good to listen to, and people wouldn't have listened to it. But man, I just I just remember, it was all day listening to nine sixty at that time because mm -hmm. round one went to two and two mm -hmm. went to three. But because you go back, I remember in 03, I went to a game. It was a midweek game. The th the third decks are closed. There's yeah. there's curtains in front of them, yeah. and you could sit wherever you wanted. Yep. Wherever you want. Absolutely. And then I remember hearing Peter Marr on a Sunday morning, I think it was, saying that the Flames have traded for Mika Siprikov. <laughs> it was like, uh, I don't know. I don't think, I think it's Kiprasov, but I, I don't know. San Jose, 
I remember it clear as day. I remember where I was. I was in Red sure. Deer. I was driving. It was a snowy day, and you talk about the perfect storm. That's yeah. kind of where it all started. But They had beaten Edmonton 4-1 the night before. If you remember, there was three fights in the first 30 seconds. Ethan Morrow and Adam Low- uh, and Dave Lowry. Adam Lowry. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me. I'm dating myself. It was all kinds of craziness. And then it, just to go back to what you were talking about with how empty it was, that year I learned so much. And part of it was you know, my youthful enthusiasm was not rooted in intelligence um, because I thought, you know, if we just encourage fans to bring noisemakers and make it loud. So I, I would go on the radio and I'd say, bring a noisemaker, I'll bring you some prizes. So we didn't know people were listening and they bring a cowbell. So I'd walk out from the broadcast booth. I'd take a t-shirt. I was just picking up crap from the, 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 the kitchen that was just left there, like t-shirts and videos and stuff like video cassettes probably at that point and then people started dropping off prizes and stuff like that i thought it was great so i was going and there more and more people were showing up with noisemakers and i was going out and giving well apparently your sales department doesn't like it when you just take things from random companies and give them credit for nothing on the air so that was one of my big learning lessons then too right and that door being open yeah there was so many days. I remember we'd be sitting there and Daryl Sutter would walk in, yep. sit down, and he'd want to, what happened in Strathmore at the Chucks on the weekend? Mm-hmm. Or have, what's the weather? Have you heard, uh, is it getting any rain yeah. up in northern part? Like, whatever it was. Yeah. Rodeos or farm or whatever. Yeah. We'd never talk hockey with the guy. No. Not without a microphone and a backdrop. No, and when you started to, it just it yeah, disappeared. It went away. Yeah, it went away. Yeah. Yeah, I remember him telling us about... I guess it was Chicago, because that was one of his things. He's like, man, Chicago, it's such a great town. And at that point, they hadn't... No, they, no, no, they were terrible. He's like, I would, I would love... He's like, that would be, that'd be amazing to go in there, because you could turn that around, and that city would explode. Oh. And how right he was, because he, he was within right. a year or two, careful what you wish for, yeah. Yeah. they were pretty good. Yeah. But you... Uh, and then... Draft coverage? Draft coverage. You did the first draft for 960. Yeah, at Vancouver 2006. Why? Were you um, sent or did you say, I'd really like to go or I'm going? I, I said, well, why don't we go do the draft? And Oh, I know what it was uh, because I figured out you could get, uh, there was a media site for the NHL, or for the media uh, on the NHL website. So I got accreditation to that and I got game notes and stuff. It was really cool. At that time, it meant something. And one of the press releases came out by... Uh, you know, register now for Vancouver draft, you know, hotel has to be in and everything. So I printed it off and I gave it to the rock and I said, we should go. He said, what will you do? I said, I'll just do shows. So I remember, and you know what it became, but when I went to Vancouver, I had to get the guys on the floor to set up a table for me. I was there a day early, you know, took the gear in, Mm -hmm. set up, and they were hammering and putting the whole stage together. I'm doing a show and everything. And I'll never forget it. Like, um, you know, they just kind of built the whole thing and I was doing it and, you know, the flames were great. They brought over guests. Um, you know, I, I, uh, Jimmy Rutherford had just won a Stanley cup with Carolina and he was there like, you know, a half hour early. Hey, Jimmy, you got some time. So he came on and Gary came over and we just did, yeah, you just did the show. Right. And, but it, but that was new territory for that station. And in, in a lot of ways, like you say, there was a lot of open, there was a lot of elbow room. There were not oh, many no, radio no. stations. It was, no, no, no. It was a handful. It was a local radio station for Vancouver. Us and I think, uh, not serious, but whoever, the NHL network was at yeah. that point, right? And the rest was all newspaper guys. Yeah. 
So it was fun. But the, the one I'm proudest of is the free agency show because that was the first. I'll never forget Pat and I did that show in the middle of August. And Kirsch says, go ahead and do it if you want. Yeah. And they signed Corey Sarich. So I left Pat. I think it might have been one of the first shows Pat kind of carried on his own. And I drove to the Dome and had the little flip phone and they brought out Corey Sarich in a, a flames golf shirt and we had it we had Corey Sarich that Sunday morning on Canada Day or Sunday afternoon on Canada yeah. Day and and I'm think you know and we're kind of thinking like is this something and then you, you, all these years later I mean we're you know arguably what 10 50 or 10 11 days away from maybe the biggest viewing day or consumption day in this country for the sport yeah. you know trade deadline and free agency and all that stuff we just had the freedom back there to try it right Okay. Unlimited. I'm, <laughs> I'm just thinking, because now, like, now what are you going to do? Because the draft and free agency and un, as long as you want to go on call-in shows. Yeah, it's kind of been done. That I, was... Yeah, I, I, to, to me, it's more f- focused on the content. That was, you know, that was endurance, right? Like I always said, you know, I'm a dog. Just let me run. Let me out of the yard and I'll run and I'll run and I'll run and I'll run. Now I think, you know... Poor Tan Man doesn't need me coming in here going, let's do nine hours of podcast today. You know, after he's done your show, that that probably wouldn't go over well. I think it's got to be the content. I think it has to be, um, you know, finding that, um, that niche. I think uh, the one thing about sports talk now that is different than when I got into it is there's almost the different branches and the different, um, the different forms of it. You know, you've got uh, kind of that, um, um, you know, um, uh, gambling and 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 uh, lifestyle component to it um you know i think you have the the bro stuff i think you have the intellectual stuff i think you have the analytic stuff um you know i i think there's still room to come back uh, you know and we'll get into you know the local hockey heroes you know i heard your show this morning uh well i listen to most of them and um it's it it's got to be a little creepy and a little bit frustrating at times to come back and go oh here we go again they crap the bed against a bad team, right? Um, there's bigger things that work there. Uh, I, I've said, I said it on your show. I said it when I started this show today. I, I love my city. I love my home. Um, I, I think there's a lot of good here. Uh, but I think we've gotten a little fat and lazy and we're not the city that we need to be. And I think there's some infighting and some politics and there's always money and all of those sort of things. But, um, you know, I think somebody's got to start... Uh, you know, shining a light, not that they're not, but I think, uh, you know, and, and Ryan's done this amazing job of covering the arena. I, I want to tip my hat to Ryan Pike. He's, he's really, really kind of made a name for himself, but I think there's other things. This is the field house. There's new sports coming in. Um, you know, I, I heard you guys today talk about, you know, what if you did the Vegas stuff in Calgary and what would the, what did you refer to them as? The, the blue hairs, the blue hairs. Um, I, I, I truly believe we are, moving away from the way the game has been consumed and presented into a different and, and kicking and screaming and, and all of those sort of things. But I think there's some room to have those conversations too. And, and I think there's a lot of good that needs to be highlighted. I think there's some really cool things that are going on in this city, some really cool people in this city. So to me, it'll probably be less about the endurance and more about finding, you know, those things that are maybe falling through the cracks, Big club as well, as, and, and the NHL are going to take. I, I, I think we're sitting on a huge story in the National Hockey League. I, I really do. I think um, last week's story about the uh, uh, missing the payments on the RSNs for Bali, 
Um, I think Rogers is going to probably just walk right away from the deal here in three years. TSN and Bell, they can have it. They're not going to bid it up. Um, th- that could you know, prove to be a little bit interesting in, in terms of people talking about salary caps that were going to $100 million, and they very well could, but, you know. It's a lot of money. And the other one, and I, I won't lie to you, the other one that I've been chomping at the bit to get back into is the, this country right now, when it comes to its uh, national sports organizations, when it comes to its uh, high-level organizations, they're under fire. We've seen it with Hockey Canada. We're seeing it currently play itself out with Soccer Canada. Those are some of those conversations I want to get into. So... That's, I've got a manifesto. I'll get to the manifesto a little later, but that's where we're going. You want to talk about the heroes? We got Ryan Pike coming up here in a bit. Ryan's still good to go. We're still, yeah, okay. But I do want to kind of touch base. Does this, is there not some deja vu here for you? Here we are going back in the time machine. Does this not feel eerily similar in a way to Mike Keenan's tenure here? You know what? I was going to say, there's, there's, there's two. There's the end of the Daryl Sutter general manager time where out of the blue, Jokin and then Prust are off to New York for yep. Higgins and Kodalik. It just... <laughs> Chris Higgins. I get with the deck chairs, right? Like what the hell? What it, yeah. what, it just, it was moves to make moves. Yeah. And then at the end of Jay Feaster's reign where you had again the leave town and then Bo Meester, like all that happened and yeah. you were left with an old, slow team that was making lots of money that wasn't necessarily that hungry to win anymore you were just you were dying for that next wave of youth to come in so i don't know which one it's giving me deja vu of maybe a little bit of all of them but i do worry that it's that that we're seeing that rhett was talking about it this morning that you start getting too many guys that are fat and sassy that have signed that retirement Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, i just won the lottery kind of a deal. How motivated are you? Not everybody isn't motivated, but not all of them are terribly motivated by wins and losses and success and failure and all of that. As I've watched this team, and I, I, I won't lie to you, Boom, and I, I certainly want to be upfront with the listeners of the podcast and the, and the streams. I have not been as invested in the, the day-to-day of the Flames in the last four and a half years because I've had other things to do, to be perfectly honest, and I took myself out of the hockey operations conversations. Getting back into it, is it too simplistic? You use the word motivated. Is it too too simplistic to say that on some nights this team does look motivated, but if maybe once this year I've seen them look inspired, maybe once that they, you know, I think you get your butt kicked and you get out there and you work hard. Like they chop wood better than anybody I've ever seen. They are exactly what Daryl wants. Outshoot opponents, you know, territorial, all those sort of things. But are they really damaging? No, their goals do not correlate to their chances. They just don't. So they chop a lot of wood, but they don't ever, the one game I thought they were inspired was the game in New York. They looked inspired, yet they still lost that game. So what Rhett said this morning, he said, you, you look back to that first one with the Truba hits, and it was probably Truba that brought Dragged him into it. Right? Absolutely. But you're right. It was, and what's what's odd about it is when Daryl came in this to take over the head coach spot from Jeff Ward, mm-hmm. even in games that they didn't win, you couldn't question the effort or the desire. Or the It just felt like they were going. Mm-hmm. They brought back that. Well, they didn't win, but you can't fault them because they right. they dug in and they fought for it. This team isn't overly physical. They're not tough. They're not fast. They don't 
they're like you say, it's toilet seat with their motivation, which has got to be frustrating for everybody, mm-hmm. Daryl included. Yeah. How do you get some consistency? They haven't strung back-to-back wins together in about a month. Yep. And their goaltending, I just, I would not have guessed. Is that the biggest issue with this club at this very moment with with what's we've seen from them and what's left to be played? It doesn't change who they are, but it hides the warts, which sometimes is bad. In this case, I think it could be good if their power play was a little bit better mm-hmm. and if their goaltending was a little bit better. They've been in so many one-goal games. Now, at the end of the day, yeah. are they any closer to a Stanley Cup? Well, you got to get in, chip in a chair. You maybe Who knows? You get a hot goaltender. Right. But their goaltending hasn't allowed them to have to feel good or have any kind of momentum for any amount of time. Vladar? I mean, he's lost one game. I know. And then everybody went, oh, well, it doesn't matter what he did before. As we had this conversation yeah. going back to even before Christmas and that, with Vladar signing the extension, well, you get something good for him, you move forward, you got Wolf and you got Markstrom signed, is that get get something for Vladar? Well, what if what do you got in Vladar? Are you are you that sold that you're just gonna go Markstrom straight to Wolf? Like before you throw him right out, what if you've got something there? And I think it's happened sooner than even I thought. I don't think you can look at Markstrom as being the guy automatically until the end of his contract and just ship out Vladar. I think, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. He had nine shutouts yep. a year ago. He's yep. got none now. He's under, he's, <laughs> the numbers are just no good. Five on five, save percentage. They're bottom four or five in the league. Yep. So if they get better goaltending, do they win more games? They do, because they're in so many one goal games. Does it change the fact that they're probably, that they struggle to finish, that it's mm-hmm. a lot of shots, but the, quality scoring chances really aren't there. It really doesn't, but we're not paying as close attention, I guess. Maybe yeah. that's on us. I don't know. And I don't know if that's bad or good. Mm. What, what's the, by the way, uh, we're going to have Ryan Pike here in a couple seconds. So I'm going to let you go. It's a podcast. There's no clock. It's a podcast. I understand that, but I do, I want everybody to understand how this is going to flow. Okay. And I don't want to go, and here's Ryan. Who? Oh, we'll get him now. Uh, I thought I'd, you know, just throw it out there. This would be a good time to get a hold of Ryan. Um, what do we do around here on trade deadline day? Because that's coming up. Are we going to have? Are we going to do cool stuff? Like, can I come in at six and can we can we roll? I told the guys, here's what's going to happen. Rob's here, <laughs> so Rob's going to be doing trade deadline. Rob, we can be a part of it, but Rob will be doing trade deadline. Because what is it? I don't noon, know. usually noon, one o'clock. One o'clock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's it's going to be right in my wheelhouse. But I mean, we could. We could, we got the all these other is, guys, What right? time do you want us to wrap our show up <laughs> so you can start? I don't. Or do we end? We just... We just just keep the line open. Yeah. Just keep the, you know... There's nothing wrong with that, there's, by the way. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, Monday through Friday, barn burner, 10.30 to noon? Like 90 minutes? It's a moving... It is a moving. Kind, it's fluid. Some people get on the YouTube. So what the hell is wrong with these guys? And rather than going to details, mm-hmm. it's not just me, Rhett, and... Ryan's sitting here deciding not to start. Oh, there's there's a network and there's yeah. people and producers and technical things that uh, it, and it's not always their fault. Some days we aren't ready to go until ten forty or whatever it is. But it there there's moving pieces and I think there's a potential that the show starts earlier, mm-hmm. closer to ten, mm-hmm. and then can go till till noon. So we have a little bit more more time that way. But it's uh, as you've seen today. It's uh, it's what like the duck where it's all kind of calm above water, hundred percent, and then underneath it's frantic, frantic motion. Yeah, 
welcome to Flames Nation. Oh, thank you. Welcome this is, to this Martelou. Is, uh, I used to live in Martelou. I know. I love it here. Yeah. Uh, but thank you, because without this, this uh, none of this happens without you. So I appreciate your faith in me, and, and I won't let you down. Uh, and I look forward to growing with you guys. Uh, you know, just look at this. Like I know. It, it's awesome. I said it before, and I mean, you're, you're born to do this. You're made to do this. And the real winner is the Calgary sports fan. Flames fan, for sure. But just fans of sport because it's it's just more content, yeah. And there's going to be no shortage of it, and there is more to come. This is so we've got two, three. This three podcasts plus that's four. Yeah, we're building it out. Yeah, and that's uh, yeah, pretty cool stuff coming down is. the pipe. Yeah. All right. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Paul. Dean Boomer Molberg. You can hear him right here and see him. I keep forgetting that. You can see us too. So I apologize. Let me let me wave to you guys so you know I know you're here. Uh, but you can catch them every day here on the Barn Burner on uh, Flames Nation. Uh, this, by the way, is just a, I don't even have to do that anymore because it's right above my head. There you go. Um, do want to remind you, though, we are live from the Oodle Noodle Studios. Local, loved, and delicious. Since opening their first store back in 2005, Oodle Noodle has been all flavor and just the right amount of weird. Now, isn't that all of us inside, really? You know, all about the flavor and just a little bit weird. Two locations, uh, 1244 17th Street or 17th Avenue Southwest. I don't want to send you to 17th Street, 17th Ave, uh, 105 Main Street North in Airdrie Pickup and Delivery. Uh, so the way this is going to work is we're going to join you on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays from 1 to 3 live. Um, Having said that, today is not a Monday. It, it feels a little bit like a Monday, doesn't it? It's a Tuesday, uh, but back tomorrow and back Friday. As I mentioned, uh, well, for some of you, you probably picked up on it. Tomorrow, um, a regular contributor to the program, very excited. The seven-time Hall of Famer, including the National Hockey League Hall of Fame, his, his plaque is up there. The uh, longtime, uh, the legend, Bonesaw, Peter Marr is going to join us. Uh, he's going to be a regular contributor. And speaking of regular contributors, very excited that from The Athletic, Eric DeHatchuk will join us on Friday. Um, looking forward to having Eric as well. And I mentioned, I think, believe hockey legend Perry Berzan is going to stop by and co-host the program with me on, on Friday. We're going to do that. We're going to have some uh, very special co-hosts pop in, friends of the show, as we like to say, uh, as we continue to uh, have some fun here on Just a Game. Uh, do we have our next guest? We do. Uh, really excited to be able to uh, bring in and talk to the managing editor of FlamesNation.ca. Uh, you can read him uh, in his features column, and there's one out today's mailbag, and we're going to get into a little bit of that. But also, uh, he's quite prominent in his pregame and his postgame uh, articles that you can read. And he also, you're going to find him on this show. You're going to find him all over FlamesNation.ca. He is our Flames Insider. Ryan Pike joins us. Ryan, how are you today, sir? I have to lip read Ryan because I can't hear him at this very moment. Boom, can you hear him? Nope. All right. Stand by. We know how to solve this. We will fix this issue. Don't you worry. Don't you worry, Ryan. We got your back in all of this. We are just going to, yeah, nope. Big thumbs up from there. What we could do is, oh, hold on. Are you there? Nope, not yet. Okay, what I'm thinking we could do is I got a Sharpie. So I'm going to write some questions out, and I'll show them to the camera, and then you can just write your answers. Is that how we can do it? Hmm? He's there. Yeah. Uh, no, I can't hear him. All right. 
How about now? Ryan, don't be afraid. It'll work this time, we promise. Oh. Hmm? Say something, anything. No, I can't hear him. Oh, all right. Okay. We're just going to, you don't go anywhere, Ryan. And you don't, go, we're not, we're not going anywhere. We're just going to, um, yeah, see, I can, he can hear me though. That's the best part. So maybe instead of answering in words, he could just use hand signals. So, you know, I could say like, Ryan, you know, yesterday's game, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. There, oh, oh he, see, he wasn't prepared to go out on the limb. He's only prepared to give it uh, a little bit of both. Okay. All right. Um, the current status of Michael Stone? No, this is where you put the thumb down. I'm, I'm, oh, okay, I don't know. All right. Stand by. We, will get, we are going to get Ryan on here, I promise you. Um, and you can read him on flamesnation.ca. Uh, features his game reports. Uh, he's also, again, showing up on podcasts and every once in a while. And uh, you might notice if you bump into him at the Dome uh, that he's wearing nation gear. And if you go to flamesnation.ca, you can get your nation gear as well. So we certainly encourage the exploration of uh, the website and all of the other ancillary websites because uh, apparently, unbeknownst to me, there's an Oilers nation. There's a, a, a Maple Leafs nation. Uh, apparently, there's an army in Vancouver, and and Ottawa has programming as well. So uh, you can visit all of that off of the Flames Nation site, or if you want to go to my brand new site, which I launched today, robkerr.ca slash J-A-G, uh, which is JAG, which is short for just a game, you'll also find a link there for all the nation network programming that I could find. So lots and lots and lots for you to consume um, as we... Uh, Wake our way down the old rabbit hole here. Um. <laughs> oh, Ryan, I feel terrible for you because you just you're right there in the screen and you can't say a damn thing. So, I mean, this would be the perfect time, you know, for me to bring out a long litany of observations and concerns and queries that I have, and you couldn't respond to any of them. You just have to sit there and t- well, I suppose you could just log off and you wouldn't have to take it that way, but um, yeah. Uh, mentioned as well coming up tomorrow Peter Marr will join us uh, very curious to pick the brain of uh, Mr. Marr uh, considering the current situation of the Calgary Flames as I mentioned uh, a lot of this does feel a little bit like deja vu uh, if you're a Flames fan I know I'm not saying anything that you didn't already know or didn't already feel um, but Peter Marr is always great at bringing in some historical perspective. I know we were all up in arms about how Bruce Boudreaux was treated by the Vancouver Canucks, and it wasn't good. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. That situation didn't go down well. But, um, you know, a quick call from Pete or a text from Pete, and you were reminded about, uh, you know, uh, Roger Nielsen and his time with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So uh, it's one of those things. Uh, we're going to take full advantage of having Pete on the show uh, with us uh, as well. Coming up on Friday, Eric DeHatchik. Now, I'm, I'm hoping most of you are athletic subscribers. Um, if you weren't, but you were looking for a reason, one of the reasons or one of the things we're going to talk about with Eric on, on Friday is he was part of a... Um, piece that the athletic run for, ran for a couple of months with the top 100 players in NHL history. And those were deep dives into those players. Now, there's always going to be the arguments about who should be this number and who should be that number. But in the case of Eric Dehatchek, he oversaw the project. 
And he had the opportunity and the pleasure of, of speaking to a number of those players, which he wrote the articles about. But it was really interesting. And, and if I was to pick out one that was probably the, the signature piece of the whole thing, it was Paul Correa and that story, because it's not what you expected. Uh, certainly wasn't what I expected. And I thought I, I knew Paul Correa fairly well. I certainly covered him in his time in the National Hockey League with the Ducks and with the Predators and briefly with the Abs and that sort of thing. But it was just some really deep form, deep long form conversations as well. And another guy, I mentioned Perry Berzan is uh, coming up. In the next couple of weeks, we are hoping to hook up uh, with some other very special guests. As we mentioned, we are, mm, what, about, 12 days or so away from the trade deadline, March 3rd. Uh, the Flames will play the night before, and they will play the day after, both at home. But interesting that it falls on a Friday. Very rarely does it ever fall on a Friday. Um, but that's the case we have this year with the trade deadline. So uh, as we look at that, um, you know, again, the local hockey heroes will be the focus around here. I do suspect that they're going to try and do something. I think it's real easy and low-hanging fruit to say a defenseman, especially now with the injury uh, to uh, Stone um, as well. I think uh, offense, if they can find something, what they probably aren't going to do is spend a lot of assets on a rental um, because I think if you look at tree living most of his pickups tend to be uh, guys with some terms so i think the flames do consider themselves players in this and are going to try to be active um, we've already seen some pretty significant forwards moving in the sense tarasenko uh, and bo horvat and ryan o'reilly to toronto although i toronto's calling the ryan o'reilly trade a blockbuster i don't know if i'd necessarily portray it as a blockbuster um, now you're left with you know Kane's out there, Patrick Kane. I don't think that the Flames are in on Kane. Um, certainly Eric Carlson and, and Chikrin on the blue line side. I, I don't foresee that they're... Uh, they have been connected to Chikrin in the past. Certainly have heard nothing about them to Carlson. I just don't think they have the assets to play with. Um, and they do have first-round picks in the next three drafts. The, the next two are theirs, and then they have Florida's in 2025. They've got some second-round picks, but... You also got to keep adding to that pipeline. So I suspect as we get closer and closer, you're going to hear the drumbeats of the Flames being involved in things. That's just how Brad Living operates. He is, uh, he is a guy that is known around the league as being in on everything. But realistically, what do they have to offer? You know, are they going to are they prepared to give up on any of their prospects? Maybe. Um, but I think you're going to be looking at, at smaller deals for the Flames. And it also depends on what does or doesn't happen between now and the trade deadline. Because remember, what the price today for a uh, acquisition is certainly not necessarily the price on the trade deadline day. If nobody's biting, it can certainly come down. So we'll wait and see what happens there. Just a couple other notes, uh, things that we're watching with great interest. The Toronto Blue Jays are in camp, uh, as all Major League Baseball teams are, just starting camp. Uh, very curious to see how the rotation, the starting rotation works out for the Jays. Very curious to see where Bo Bichette and uh, Vladdy Guerrero are for that club, because as they go, the, I believe that team goes. Uh, baseball just starting up, and of course, 
we've got the World Baseball Classic right around the corner. One guy who I don't believe is playing in, at least he wasn't when I talked to him, is Mike Soroka from Calgary. But he's another guy we're going to keep our eyes on as he uh, comes back from injury and gets set to pitch again for the Atlanta uh, Braves. Uh, another All-Star weekend. We are in the month of February, so you get All-Star weekends and a Pro Bowl thrown in. So we have the uh, long-tenured debate about the merits and the uh, desire to continue with All-Star games. Uh, the, the NHL one was a couple of weeks ago. Um, the, the, new for, the new format, it's been a format for a while now. The three-on-three format does tend to make it interesting for some. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I know there was a lot of, uh, you know, head scratching and a lot of um, bemoaning it from longtime media people. I, these things are never about the media. They're, you know, the media end up spending a lot of oxygen and air talking about the All-Star Games, but they're not intent. They've never been intended for the uh, media. They've been intended for the fans. So when you look at those, certainly the NBA um, – you know, has an interesting relationship with its fans, a, a very strong relationship with its fans. I can't imagine people loved what they saw with the kind of lack of effort and the, the lackluster, um, you know, work through the All-Star game. It, it, it is what it is. It's a dunk contest, three-point shooting contest, those sort of things. Um, the Pro Bowl went away from, you know, did a little flag football, but added some new wrinkles. The NHL added some new wrinkles. One wonders if you know, part of what restricts these formats is some of the old um, <sighs> the thought processes. Like, like you don't, in the, in the National Hockey League, it's kind of silly to still enforce one player from each team. It, it just is. It's, it's with 32 teams, it's robbing you of players that should be there. How, <laughs> having said that, the players want to go. And I know the NHL did spend some time talking to the players about what would make these things interesting. So anyway, I've spent more time on the All-Star game here just today than most people normally do. But you had the run of the Pro Bowl and you had the run of the, uh, the all NHL All-Star game and the NBA All-Star game. Those are now in the rear window. The NBA is also 
past its trade deadline. The NHL trade deadline is coming up. We are getting into that sweet spot in the sports calendar with playoffs. We will soon have March Madness on us. Um, Kind of unbeknownst to me, and I don't know if it was a big shock to you, did you know the XFL started again this weekend? Did did you guys realize that, that the XFL version 2.0 or whatever we're calling this version, I guess 3.0, it started. So... Again, we have. Well, I heard that. I heard that. Can you hear me now? Who is this? Who Who's on my? Is that Ryan Pike? Am I hearing Ryan? This is Rob. Hi, Ryan. It's Rob. Can you just? Hi, Hi, Ryan. Just hold on. I just want to talk about the XFL for a couple minutes, and I'll come back to you. Uh, We'll start this all over again. Uh, He is the managing editor for FlamesNation.ca. You can read his mailbag, which is on the website right now. You can also read his uh, his pre and post game columns uh, consistently for the uh, for the Calgary Flames prior to their games. But he's also our uh, building insider and our Flames insider. Very pleased to have Ryan Pike join us. Ryan, my apologies. Um, I've been away from the business. So I come back. I just unplugged things that I thought were in my way. And, and it turns out that I probably shouldn't have done that. So my apologies, sir, uh, uh, for doing that to you. You, uh, no you deserve problem. to come on clean, and, and I'm, I'm at fault for that. So my apologies. And Let's start there. On, 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 as the, the longest-serving current member of the team, welcome aboard. We're really Thank excited you. to have you part of the network. I'm very excited to be here. Um, really looking forward to some of the crazy stuff we're going to be able to do. But I also feel like I'm kind of getting dropped in at a really interesting time, uh, right outside of the, the trade deadline with a hockey club that I, I don't think any of us would say is, is overachieving. It's, it's greatly underachieving. Uh, and I don't think you can look any further than this past weekend that proves that out. A uh, great game against the New York Rangers. And then I'm not sure what that was yesterday afternoon against the Philadelphia Flyers. You've seen every single minute this year. What did you make of the, the last couple of games at home for the local hockey heroes? Of this, I mean, the structure of the game under Daryl Sutter is very much the same as it was un, under Daryl Sutter a year ago. And I, I you know, I, I don't think people remember because we sort of remember the uh, the halcyon days of the playoff run, and you know, the, the Flames are figuring stuff out pretty much straight on until everybody got COVID last year. Yep, uh, they had that. I think the 19 days off, and then they came back right after Christmas, and then they were in a position where they had. They had games in hand, but they had to go on a run in order to, to get it. And they were, had to go on a run, and they went on a run. And they they all the things I think that Daryl was hoping that they would figure out, they figured out. And I, you know, we we've you know I think we sometimes underrate the intangible qualities of sort of the us against the world kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the the first years I covered the team full time was uh, the thirteen fourteen season where the Flames had, you know, one of the bigger moments, I think, in this era of the Flames, previous era of the Flames, if you want to call it that, was that that line brawl in Vancouver that year, <laughs> yes. where the Flames were a bad team that had no identity. And they were figuring it out, and it was a young group, and they had no and they had no Kippersoft, and they were muddling around. But that game really galvanized things for them. And they went into a summer hearing about how bad the team would be all season. I think, you know, they had finished fourth from last in the league. They drafted Sam Bennett fourth overall. And then they heard all they heard to a man from all their friends, family, and people like us was the flames are going to be bad again. Mm-hmm. And I think to a man, everyone who went to training camp that year was personally offended by people thinking so little of them. And they went into that season with a gigantic chip on their shoulder. Right. 
And it's been sort of a roller coaster since then because I think sometimes they think they're too good. Sometimes they think they're not very good. And when they think they're, when you know, we've seen this year when they go into games thinking, oh crap, this is the New York Rangers. This is Madison Square Garden. Let's take it to them. They were ready for war in, in MSG. And they were very emotionally engaged and ready for a war against the the Rangers on Saturday. And on Monday, you're obviously going to have an emotional letdown coming from, you know, we've seen it after battles of Alberta. We've seen it after games against Vegas, games against a lot of teams. But they, the the consistency that they had last season, the urgency that they had last season isn't there. And they don't have the ability to outscore their mistakes. Uh, When you have a, a Johnny Gaudreau, when you have a Matthew Kachuk, when you have a power play, that was clicking as well as theirs was last year, you can have Jacob Markstrom letting a softy and it doesn't kill you because you go like, ah, don't worry about it. We'll yep. score another one. Yep. And they always did. Yep. This year, uh, a bad read by a blue liner. Like the, the Columbus game, I vividly remember that game in Columbus, the 2-1 loss where Mackenzie Weaker, you know, threw up a pizza. His exact words, I think, post-game yep. were, I threw up an effing pizza. And... They don't have the ability to outscore their pizzas. They don't have the ability to outscore their bad reads, their bad bounces, those kind of things. And you know, Saint, we saw that on uh, on Monday night, where they or Monday afternoon rather, they played a, a pretty good game. Their mistakes killed them. Mm-hmm. They clawed their way back, and then another mistakes and bad reads in their own zone, and they end up, you know, from a, a very good third period, they end up getting zero points. Yeah, and. That's been a, a long running theme of this year. And I don't think they have quite figured out how to work their way out of it yet. How concerned are you about team unity? And the reason I bring that up, it was only a couple of weeks ago that, you know, Daryl Sutter pissed off a lot of people with his comments after Jacob Pelche's first game. My belief is those were completely aimed at the media and that was him pushing back on some things that had been written and said. Since then, he's come out, he said nice things about Pelche. But I, I believe we were all kind of, made aware, Elliot Friedman, Chris Johnson, there was all kinds of NHL insiders that said, he's a good guy, he's a nice guy. And everybody, you know, we like Daryl, but his team's not getting along with him right now. That that came to the surface. Here we are three weeks later. How concerned are we about team unity? That's hard to say. I'll say this, even dating back to his time with the Kings, you know, when, like, Daryl's always kind of a hard ass. Yeah, 100%. He's always been like this, and he's had a ton of success. And I think when things are going well, you can deal with a hard-ass boss because you're like, okay, I get it. He wants us to do things like this, and this is the reason why we're seeing results. Great. When you're not seeing the results, it can it can hit a little bit harder because you know you 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 can only you can only be whipped so much before there's just nothing else to give. And you know he's he's been a really good tactical coach. I mean, mm. if you look. Through the last 20 years of Flames coaches, he's easily the guy who's had the most success. He's had success elsewhere, success here. Yep. Uh, you know, we've gone through hard-ass coaches before to varying degrees, and at a certain point, they just get tuned out because you can only get yelled at so much. Yep. Uh, but I think the big challenge is just I don't think either the players or the coaching staff really anticipated, A, the, the growing pains that they'd have to experience with the, the three new faces with the uh, Hubert Doe, Uyghur, and Nazem Kadri. And I also don't think they really anticipated to a lot of extent the, the absence or the, the impact of the absence of Oliver Shillington would have because yeah. you take away somebody with that kind of speed, that kind of dynamism. And, you know, I, if you take Johnny Gaudreau out of the lineup, probably the most exciting player to watch in terms of just doing wacky stuff on the ice was Oliver Shillington. 
And, you know, if you need somebody to skate your way in and out of trouble, somebody to add a little bit of pizzazz to the power play to jump in the rush, they haven't had as much dynamism nearly as they did last year. And I think as a result, they really have the, they've at times embraced a workmanlike identity. But workmanlike is tough. Workmanlike is tough, especially when you're playing all those one-goal games and seemingly every mistake you make in a game, even if you play a, a game with only two or three mistakes, if every mistake you make ends up behind your goalie, it can be demoralizing. Yeah. So I don't know if it's necessarily just a coach thing or it's just, you know, the hockey, you know, you, Rob, you've been around the game long enough. Hockey's weird. I think above most sports, hockey's a chemistry experiment. If you can have all the right ingredients, we saw this a lot during during Daryl's tenure as general manager. Yep. I mean, you, you go out and you get the guys you got and on paper you go, okay, that makes sense. And then sometimes it just doesn't click. And, you know, this year, it just hasn't clicked, I think, to the degree they really want it to. And I think they've been sort of scrambling to try to find answers. Well, it's funny. You you referenced, I believe, the 13-14 season. It might have been that season. It might have been the season after. But there was a, a famous sequence after a Saturday game on Hockey Night in Canada where they were interviewing Lance Bowman. And all of a sudden, uh, Brian McGratton and Matt Stajan both came out in the sumo suits and in the background started fighting. And there was a lot of joy in that. And, and those bad teams had to find a way to create joy. One of the criticisms of Daryl in the 2006 season, after the lockout coming back, the one in which they lost Anaheim, was that it was too workmanlike. It was always a business trip. There was no joy. I wonder a little bit about that. Having said that, I, you know, I see this interview with uh, uh, Milan Lucic on Hockey Night in Canada with Elliot Friedman on Saturday. He's, you know, he, he didn't you know, seem overly stressed. He, he seemed to have a little bit of fun with it. I just look at this club and I go back to my original assessment. There's nobody that can make the case that they are overachieving. Every one of us looks at this team and goes, there should be more. But, and and I've just, again, chemistry, you said it, it's a chemistry set. And I'm, I'm very curious to see what happens in the next 10 days leading us to the trade deadline. That's where I want to go next with you, Ryan, before we do that, uh, can, uh, so Stone goes on IR today. Walker Dewar gets recalled. That is that the transaction list? Yeah, they're up at uh, they're back at twenty three bodies. Uh, Stone the IR. They're carrying seven defensemen. So uh, I guess uh, Dennis Gilbert will be the the sixth guy until uh, until Stone's ready to go again, and uh, Connor Mackey will remain the seventh man for seemingly i mean he's getting paid very well uh, but yeah. you kind of feel for the guy never really getting a chance to play and then you know we, we we joke about the every little mistake kind of bad luck part connor Mackey in the games he's been in he hasn't been that bad he's just been tremendously unlucky like a bad penalty yeah. early a bad read early and i'm pretty sure if you look at the numbers like they've been chasing early in a lot of games where he's been on the ice and a lot of it hasn't been his fault but if you're the coaching staff if you ask me would you give him a lot of leash based on the results you've seen. Uh, I don't know if I do it either. I, yeah, but I, I think you got to develop. Like that, that's, that's my one criticism of, of Daryl. Well, my one main criticism of Daryl and it's, it, it's not a, like he cares, but it's not as much a criticism as a philosophy. Uh, Daryl Sutter want, has a certain type of player that he wants a Trevor Lewis, a Richie, uh, Marcus Nielsen, a Billy Neiman. He wants guys that have been, you know, baked a little bit and have come through the league. I always remember, you know, Daryl's 
laid it out when he was a general manager. A, a, a young player has a three-year plan. His first year, he comes in the American Hockey League. He learns how to be a pro. The second year, he gets a couple of games up and then and sees what it likes. it's like at the NHL level. Year three, halfway through the season, he comes up again and he sticks. That's the David Moss, Eric Nystrom yeah. model, whatever you want but to call if, him. Angie Apani was like if that. If you look at how Bradshaw Living has used kids, though, I mean, they're if their philosophies are really similar. I mean, yeah. Rasmus Anderson played the majority of his first year and then got a taste and then worked his way up. Manchupani, Dubé. And, you know, I don't think you go out and you bring in a two-time Stanley Cup winning coach with development in mind. I mean, you'd love to see it. You probably should see some development of your younger guys, but I don't think development is, is uh, the is that, front of mind for Daryl Sutter. No, it, no, it's not, but I believe it has to be. I, I don't believe that you can Frankie Corrado, uh, Connor Mackey, which is what they've done, right? They've done. And he'll walk and, away and, and he'll go to a different organization. At some he, point. He, he and Matthew Phillips are both pending group six free agents. Yep. Oh, don't get me started like on Phillips. Like, don't get like me started very, on Phillips. They're very talented AHL players, but the, you know, the, the lack of window they've gotten at the Ameri- at the NHL level really is sort of the thing that's going to make it tough for them to stick around the organization and you know i i fully expect both guys to to, well, to walk on july 1st and you know stick somewhere else but you know, I'll, I'll throw a bouquet back at you you've watched enough hockey okay. are you telling me that matthew phillips cannot play in the national hockey league not you i mean sorry not, the- i'm not saying you're saying that i'm just saying you look at he can play in the national hockey league as far as i'm concerned Oh, he's he's a fantastic AHL player, and I haven't. I don't think he's having. A, he hasn't had a chance to really play his way out of the NHL. He hasn't really also hasn't had a chance to play his way into the NHL. You know, he's he's had the benefit of some really good line mates and some really good coaches and really good circumstances in the American League, but he's flourished under them. And you know, I don't think having seen what we've seen out of Pelche, okay. who's not that much bigger, maybe a bit more of an all round player, but not that much bigger. I still think Phillips has, has some NHL upside. I don't know how much, yeah. but he's and, definitely got the speed, the elusiveness, the the head for the game to do something at this level. Well, I feel like the new guy coming in that wants to fight an argument of, of six weeks ago, but here we are. Um, <laughs> no, but see, I I think he's Pelche with a little more experience and a little more seasoning. And, you know, he may yeah. be Austin Zarnick. He he could be Austin Zarnick. He could be Sven Barchi. Sure. But I also think he's, uh, you know, you watched him in the American League. I watched him in the American League. Who made who go? Did he make Adam Ruzicka go, or did Adam Ruzicka make him go? I would say more consistently it was Phillips making Ruzicka go. Yes. I think he makes the players around him better. Phillips Phillips is all, like... This dating back to his draft year, like I, I yep. covered Rizicka's draft. I, yep. I, you know, I, I covered a bunch of drafts. The the watch from scouts was Adam Rizicka. He's big, he's talented, but he doesn't work pretty hard, work all that hard because yep. he hasn't had to. Yep. You know, he's always been because of his size, been told. You know, he, he's been given a ton of chances, and nothing against the player. I mean, no. it's he's a product of the circumstances, but so is Matthew Phillips. And when you're told, like I mean, the, the draft year that uh, for Matthew Phillips, he was a walk on for the the Victoria Royals. Like he yep. didn't get drafted. He tried out. He made the team. He played one year in the Western League. He was a point a game player, just shy of it. He was the rookie of the year, and he was a sixth round draft pick. Sixth or seventh round draft pick, and uh, actually, the, the Flames only got the draft pick because Nicholas Backstrom made it made his yep. way back from uh, the mall in time to, to sign his waiver uh, to fax it in. Uh, 
I love that story, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, so, but with Phillips, Phillips has always been told, like yeah. Phillips, Gaudreau, Pelche, to a certain extent, have yeah. always been told, oh, you're doing great, but you you won't be able to do it at the bigger level. And, you know, some guys just get motivated by that. And I think you, I don't think you can have an entire team of sub 5'10 guys who are motivated but might not have the size. Yeah. But you also can't yeah. have a bunch of guys who are Mark Jankowski size, Adam Rizishka size, you know, but those you, kind of guys. But you can't who, bitch and whine about not having skill and then not give skill guys time. That That's yeah. my problem in all of this. And it took Pelche, what, six games to finally get in the lineup? And and the problem and, and the problem weeks, yeah. yeah and the problem I have Ryan is right now it would have to be, if I you know if I was going to force this issue that's why I think I'm fighting an argument that's everybody's moved on from because the only guy that could come out really in my mind for Phillips right now is Pelche because it's a waste don't yeah. play him on the fourth line it's a waste of time and and we'll we'll, we'll get into this probably later in the collegiate season but. Yeah. The Matt Coronado question is going to be. Have oh, to be we're not getting into that later in the season. That's coming up here in a second or two. <clears throat> he's oh, Coronado is one of the best goal scorers in the entire NCAA. Right. He dragged Harvard kicking and screaming to a national championship appearance last year. They were they were a, a fairly mediocre to above average college team, and then a couple of guys went to the Olympics, and yep. he got a bigger role, and he got hot, and he just. Every time they needed a game winner or a key goal or something, he was the guy. Yep. And he's been that guy for them this year. Yep. And if you're asking him, like if you're talking to him, hey, you want to come sign with the Flames? The answer would be, where does he go? Where does he fit? Oh, exactly. Even though I think exactly. he has a lot of attributes. I think that, you know, if you, sh- I think if you showed a tape of him right. to, you know, to Daryl Sutter, Daryl yep. would fall in love with him. But he's 5'10, yep. he's 180 ish. Yep but he's good at everything. Yeah. And he can play and he can play, but see, I'm going to take umbrage with something you said earlier about Daryl and Connor Mackey. If you're, if you're Corrado, no, sorry, Coronado, I'm thinking of Frankie. If you're Matt and you're looking at the flames right now, are you coming? Do you want to come? Like part of, part of the reason you have to develop Mackey, part of the reason you have to develop Phillips is so that your organization will be attractive and retain players. You just had your yeah. two best draft picks of the last 15 years walk away and go somewhere else when they could. Sorry, that's part of it. There's, there's, a, giant, there's a giant complex mixture to this. But part of what you have to do is show players that you'll get opportunity here. I don't, but yes, Mackey has not been great. I'm not saying force him down everybody's throat. But my God, Stone wasn't on anybody's radar, was he? I mean, he's the perfect, he's the perfect six, seven swing guy. But come on now. And that's that's where my frustration comes here is, you know, if you start using up your capital to get players to bring in the lineup to keep this team afloat, where are you going to be in three or four years? Are you going to be able to sign free agent college yeah. players and Europeans? Are you and, going to be able to get good young? And you let's, know, go ahead. Let's call a spade a spade here, Rob. Yeah. Like right, right now, is it really clear what the direction the franchise is? Like, oh, it's there. Oh, he's he's bouncing around a little bit, folks. They it's, might be able to get these who. Depending on you know if if this team yeah. falls off a cliff, maybe he doesn't come back. The team goes on a run. Maybe he's here for a while. Like I think there's a lot of uncertainty about where this ship goes. And if I'm Coronado, like I was talking to someone about this at the game the other night. Yeah. If I'm Coronado, 
you know what? I might not sign right at the end of the season, but I might just hang out. Just you know, go on a. I'll go on a trip. I'll finish my classes. I'll go on a. I'll go on a vacation to Florida or somewhere or to, to Mexico. And then when I come back, I'll see how the Flames are looking. You you don't think that you don't think an American kid in college thinking that he can play that card on the absolutely he'll play that card on the Flames. Why wouldn't you play that card on the Flames? Right. It's the system set up I've, for that. I've had. I've I've had well, it isn't it isn't though because like there's only a handful of players who really pull that card, and honestly, it's happened. Adam before. Fox, we remember <clears throat> they they still got something for him. And I think the difference is I know I know what did they no get for? Hear about you, you know this. What did they get for him? They got it was he was put in the Lindholm Hannafin trade. I don't think that trade gets done without that player included. Uh, the um. The uh, Your Honor, the uh, defense cedes to the prosecution in this case. You, sir, if you're but, keeping track at home, and we'll put up a little because, thing, Ryan gets one point out of that, by the way. <laughs> because Coronado's a first-round pick, yep. let's just say, worst-case yep. scenario, he, he Schultz's the Flames. Yep. They get a, they get a, a compensatory second-round pick out of it. Mm-hmm. So they, they it's not like if no, no, I get yes. no pear-shaped on them, they don't leave empty-handed. No, no, they don't leave empty-handed. But which would you rather have, a second-round piece or Matt? Oh, I, I want to. I want the guy who scores goals over the mystery box anytime. Right, and my my point in all of this is, I go back to, and you're going to learn real quick, Ryan. I love to fight fights. I'm going back to the comment about is it Daryl's job to develop players? Yes, it is Daryl's job to develop players. In this day and age, it is. It wasn't when he started this job. I mean, not this job, but when he started as a head coach in Chicago and San Jose and even Calgary. But nowadays, you ha- yeah. I think you have to have a more fulsome look at what a head coach does at the National Hockey League level. And part of it is asset development, whether you like it or not, right? Um, you know, and especially with an ownership group that is never going to let you blow it up. This ownership group will not let you blow it up. I don't believe that for a second. Especially right? if they're about to sign a big check for a new building, like... I don't think they want to have a bad team leading into that. Nope. Nope. And they and they never have. They wouldn't let Feaster say rebuild. He wasn't allowed to say the R word. Come on. You know, and, and I don't... <laughs> to me, if that's the case, then you've got to have buy-in from your head coach and developing your players. And that means Matt Phillips should have gotten some more games. What it really means is that Matt Phillips... And Pelche should go up and down and, and exchange position. You can't do that anymore. Pelche does not need waivers, but Matt Phillips would need waivers, right? So you can't just yeah. send one down, bring the other one up. I get that part. But it, it bothers me a little bit that a team that is desperate for scoring has this guy that does nothing but score, and they don't give him a try. And and Daryl knows You're more about hockey. Here. Well, Daryl knows more about hockey than I'll ever know. He's got two Stanley Cups. I secede. This is an opinion, not a fact, Ryan. But it frustrates me that this hockey club is sitting Ma- uh, Connor Mackey. Uh, I, you know, what confidence does he have? I don't know. Um, you know, we haven't even brought up the DW question. And it's still too early. I don't think he has to play this year. I don't think the goalie has to come up yet. But at some point, you're going to have to make room for him, aren't you? I, I think their long-term plan is to hope that someone makes them an incredible offer for one of their three or four goalies, and then they make some room. But, you know, you, Wolf doesn't need waivers for this season or for two more seasons right? until Dan Vladar's contract is up. Right. So worst-case scenario, you you park him, and then you, you trade Vladar when when you need to. Okay. But 
they also have a, a six million dollar goaltender who hasn't really been playing like a six million dollar goaltender. And no, I d- it's agree. It's easy yeah. to make comparisons. I mean, yeah. they have a guy who you know Wolf is. He led the. I think he was first or second in the American League in wins last year. Basically, led them in every category. He's first or second in every category this year. At a certain point, you almost have to use him, right? I, yes, I, you, you know you're not wishing for an injury or something like that. But at some point, something happens. You know, I would put it this way: he can't be Matt Keatley. You can't get an injury, call him up, and sit him on the bench. Now Keatley got to play obviously in Colorado. We all remember that. But you know what I'm saying? You know, the, the, under you know, there was that period of time in the early 2000s that the backup goalie was death around here. You know, and and I understand. I, I, I remember. Yeah. I was in the building that one year where they won the division, but they ran out of cap space, and poor Curtis McElhenney had to pitch a shutout against the Oilers with like they're missing like four guys, right? Because they had no money. So there's there's a lot of things that go into into that. And, and I am I am still trying. I just felt bad for the backup. Yeah, well, and it's funny you bring up McElhaney, one of the true gentlemen in this game, one of my just my favorites, and I will never forgive Stanley my, Cup winner, Stanley exactly. Cup winner Curtis McElhaney. And I will never forgive Mike Keenan. Never forgive Mike Keenan because he played in a game in Detroit when those Detroit teams were still good. They got to overtime. It was the second half of back to back. They played Montreal the night before. The plane got snowed in. They didn't get in until four o'clock in the morning, and he's McElhaney stood on his freaking head. And I'll never forget in four-on-four overtime, frickin' Bertuzzi gave it up at the line and the wing score, and then Keenan threw McElhaney under the bus after that game. That, sorry, I just will not refuse to accept anything to do with Mike Keenan for that one comment alone. All right, Uh, eventually we're going to run out of uh, SD card space or something, so I do need to move ahead on a few things. But I, I, I want to know, what are you expecting? You were asked in your mailbag today, uh, I think a couple of times, about what to expect the Flames to do the trade deadline. I think they're buyers. I don't think they're big game hunting as much as they're trying to solve problems up front and on the back end. But here we are, you know, 12 days ahead or whatever it is. What are you expecting from the local hockey heroes? My gut tells me right now that it's going to be small stuff like four-board style, Fandenberg style, like fourth rounders for depth guys kind of moves. They don't, they have the cap space to do bigger things, but, you know, compare this team to the team we had here a year ago, where if you told me, you know, after the mm-hmm. after the, the run they went on, that, you know, if Brad Trilling called me up and said, hey, I'm going to trade a first-round pick for Tyler DeFoley, I would have gone, yeah, that makes sense. You know, based on what you have, what you think you don't have, a little bit of extra offensive oomph, right shot guy, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. This year, there's really, that kind of a big move doesn't make sense. I don't think they have the the assets to really do a big swing. I don't know if they have the cap space to add anything long-term. And I don't know if they have the stomach to really move anything substantial when the team has been this inconsistent. So, you know, I think fourth and fifth round picks for, you know, like I think the most thing they do, maybe they give up a third and try to get Luke Shen. And then they try to find like an extra fourth line center, someone for, uh, you know, maybe push, you know, push Rizicka down the rotation a bit, but I don't think it's going to be anything terribly substantial. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I think, and I believe it was you that pointed out on, on your Twitter feed that if you look at Brad Treliving's record, I mean, he gives up first rounders, but he's getting something back with term, right? He doesn't give up first yeah. rounders for rentals. So even, why would you deviate? Even, even the, even the big trades, like I know, I know, you know, 
I, in retrospect, I didn't love the Travis Hamannick price tag when they made the trade. I thought yeah. a, a first and two seconds for a guy that doesn't really move the needle offensively was a little bit much. But for you know, you can you can squint and sort of make sense of what they wanted to do. They had just been pushed around by Anaheim in a four round series. So I think adding somebody who had a bit more you know yep. a snarl to his game and some defensive acumen made sense. But you know, it's every other time they've done it. Like even even if you want to look at the you know moving a first round pick, you know the one they got uh, in the Kachuk trade, moving it to, to get rid of Monahan's cast space, it allowed them to sign you know uh, Nazem Kadri long term. Mm-hmm. And if you want to look at it that way, first rounder for, to, for the ability to have Kadri, I mean that makes sense. So yeah. I, I I think they look at things like that. But I don't know. I, it doesn't feel like it's going to be a big uh, a big eventful day. Um, I was really thought we were going to spend most of this conversation. That means you're going to have to come back on the uh, arena and the update. Um, I am, and I've, I've said it a couple of times, absolutely a, a pox on everybody's house that I retire in 2018 and I unretire in 2023 and nothing, nothing, nothing. You were, and you were at least expecting to see a hole in the ground, right? I was expecting to fall into the hole in the ground. Uh, absolutely. And, and here we are. Um, for the uninitiated, those who haven't been paying close attention, we are back at the table, but it's, I wouldn't say not traditional. Um, it's very uh, tepid at this point. What's what's the latest? Bring us up to speed on the arena. Well, I mean, things are happening, Rob. I mean, I think the challenge is it's City Hall. So a lot of times the, the updates we get are behind closed doors and then we hear whispers from from people we know hall. So there's not a lot officially out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's definitely things happening behind the scenes. Uh, they went from, you know, they, they started talking officially that the, the city of Calgary uh, hired CAA icon. Uh, CAA is creative artist agency. CAA icon is the branch that just negotiates arena and stadium deals. They know everybody and they know everybody who has money, yep. which is helpful in this situation. Uh, but CAA icon is negotiating the deal on behalf of the city. The, in you know, Calgary sports and entertainment, I assume is represented by, by John Bean and a lot of the same people who are, you know, representing them last time, but they're talking. They've been unofficially talking for the better part of 2021, um, big chunk of 2022. Uh, now they're officially back at the table and there was enough, there's been enough going on that uh, city hall, like the committee is meeting monthly now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have their March meeting scheduled yet, but this feels like the kind of thing where a lot of stuff's going to happen in a hurry once things start happening. Um, that's kind of what happened last time where there was sort of a lot of, you know, in the summer of 2019, there was a lot of meetings and meetings and meetings. And then all of a sudden we got told, well, you probably want to come down here because we have a, a presentation for everybody. Uh, I have a feeling it'll be something like that. I don't know how quickly it'll come together, but they, let's be honest here. The city knows how much money they feel like putting in. And it's in the budget, and they didn't spend that part of the budget on something else. And they could have because they have a lot of other needs they need. They sure do. And Calgary Sports and Entertainment have, you know, they had an idea of how much they want to spend. The short answer is less than they were asked to spend last time. The when costs started escalating in uh, during the pandemic. Yep. As an aside, as an aside. So April 2021, the sides are like, whoa, things cost a little bit more than we thought. Let's let's figure this out. And that was before the the supply chain stuff really bit everybody in the ass. Yep. Uh, so by July, they had renegotiated the, the deal. The Calgary Sports and Entertainment 
was on the hook for everything above. I think that the city was kicking in 287.5 million for capital costs and then land and stuff. But essentially for the building itself, $287 million. And then the flames were, were on the hook for everything else, but they were also going to be running the show for construction and procurement. So in theory, if things went over cost, it'd be because they managed it poorly. And that was the, that was sort of the trade-off they made. Uh, so flash forward, they, you know, to December, they finally started to have a, uh, a fairly, you know, uh, solid budget come together. Uh, it wasn't quite done yet. The budget wasn't going to be ready until about May or June of 2021 or 2022 rather. Uh, but they sat down, they went, Oh crap, this is gonna be a lot more than we thought. And they thought they'd be, they thought that they were signing up for 300 million, maybe 350 if things got weird. And it probably would have been closer to 400 million, 450 had they actually gone ahead with it. So they said, Whoa, let's not do that. And so then they went back to the drawing board. Uh, costs have gone down, at least for, for a lot of the stuff. You know, uh, people I know who work in construction told me that at the time of the, the deal imploding, things were costing three to five times what they originally thought they were for, for any kind of construction materials. Now, depending on what you're looking at, it's, you know, 1.5 to okay. two times as much. Yep. So they still got stuff to figure out. Uh, I don't think that the budget will be the same as the budget last time, but the... You know, the reason I think this could happen very quickly is they had they, they had a deal last time. And I think they had a deal that really met everybody's needs. Uh, this, the city needs slash wants a, a new shiny bauble in the in Stampede Park to attract people. They have the convention center. They're getting a hotel. They have the casino down there. Uh, they want to get a bunch of cool shit downtown so that it's less of a, you know, it's less post-apocalyptic after 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. it's, right now, they're working on it, but, you know, the Stampede Park since the 80s has basically been, you know, on game days, you know, cars in a parking lot, and there's not a lot of stuff going on. And on off nights, it looks like, you know, Dawn of the Dead in terms of yep. uh, a zombie wasteland. So they want to they wanna make it programmatically more fun, more, more of a, a lively place on non-game days. So the arena is part of it. Uh, they have a lot of things they're trying to do. And so... That's the justification the city has for throwing money into a project like this. Uh, they're not getting all their money back. I think the, the cost recapture thing they had last time was only a small amount. I think they would have gotten about $130 million or something back from it. But it solves a problem for them, and that's what they really liked. And, you know, the, the city hasn't really, you know, it's for better or for worse, city council has gotten a reputation both under this mayor and the previous mayor that, you know, they they were they weren't really great at making big things happen. Uh, the Olympics was mishandled in a lot of different ways. I don't think it's necessarily one individual's fault, but there wasn't really consistent messaging. There wasn't really consistent. There wasn't a consistent sales pitch to the to the yeah. voter pro or or you know for or against. Yep. And I think that made it easier to say no to it. Yeah. Uh, for the arena, I think City Hall has done a better job at sort of being very upfront about here are the risks, here are the pros, here are the cons, here's what we like about it, here's, here's the need it meets. And because of that, I think they they still feel like it's something that can justify spending money on. Uh, I still think they only want to spend the money in, in the Stampede Park area because they want to, they don't want to, you know, erode the the plan that they made themselves. So yep. uh, that's the long and the short of it. I think we'll, we'll probably hear some updates in the next couple of weeks on how things are. Uh, I'm told things are happening behind the scenes. Um, I always assume that they are, but it's nice to be told once in a while that things are. 
but until I, until something happens, until we have you know some sort of a big boisterous announcement, I think people are going to approach this project with a great deal of skepticism. Yeah, and I think based on the past twenty some years of discussions that we've heard about, skepticism is warranted at this point. Oh, I, absolutely. The fact that it it broke down like it did the last time after there was a signed agreement, again, a pox on everybody's house involved. I will leave you with this. Um, and these are not technical questions, and I and I I, I appreciate the the depth in which you got into the the construction materials and and things like that, and also the recapture because that is part of this conversation. So these are not those two things that jump out at me. One, since almost day one, let's go back to when Calgary Next was announced. We never did uh, get the salad days of twenty fifteen, right? But we never did get we never did get detailed drawings or pictures i mean i remember doing shows with ken king and people were upset because there was seating in the field house the wrong way and he oh, no, no, don't look at that this is just you know we, we have there's never been a dream here there's never been you know there's artist renderings and there's things like that but they've always pushed back and said well these aren't them you know and and there's never been anything to show the public and go this is what it could look like can you imagine yourself here this is this is what we want it to be we need there needs to be a dream in this and there needs to be a hero and, and by a hero, I don't care. CSEC side, city side, th this city needs a hero. It needs somebody right now to stand up and go, you know, screw this, screw that. We need to get this done. We need to find, we need some. Now, I don't know if we live in a society anymore that allows heroes. I don't. I think if Batman lived in Calgary, half the people would love him. The other half be chasing down, trying to take the mask off. Sorry, the cowl. Um, but this city needs somebody to stand up for it. It needs somebody, um, you know, uh, Frank King. It needs a, it needs this era's Frank King. It needs a politician to have set of cojones to go. I know not all my constituents are going to like this, but bear with me. And 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 again, those are not hard hitting questions. They're just things that I want to leave you with. That I get very frustrated that we don't have it. We don't have a dream, and we don't have a hero. Yeah, and. Honestly, I think I think the, the the thing that makes me optimistic about this thing is just the fact that, you know, you, you mentioned we didn't really see much of the way it runs. On my laptop, I have plans for the new building the, that they the, the the flames in the city hired uh HOK, oh, a, yeah. a designer out of Kansas City. Absolutely. And they designed the building. Like yes. they're yep. granted, we should have seen more renderings from the inside of the building. I think, you know, from the packaging standpoint, being able to put yourself like you can see you can see yourself gawking at the building from the outside, but really, you know, figuring out how to sell the the experience on the inside. I think that was that was the thing they didn't quite catch. Or the technology, until, you know, at the or or anything. Yeah. Uh, you know, and this isn't about me, but in 2011, I did an eight part series on how to build a building, and I talked to HOK. I did. I talked to them, and they were planning for a new NFL stadium in in Los Angeles, which seems so absurd at the time. And they, in 2011, were talking about renewable re, uh, water, renewing, capturing the water and capturing the sunlight and what you do. Give us something. Give us the technology. Tell us, I, again, you, I'm, not saying there, I'm not saying there was never pictures. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying they've never, nobody's ever shared a dream that we can see and, and touch and feel and smell and all of that sort of thing. And I think that's been hurt. I think that's hurt this process. I do. How can you, how can yeah, I be I'll invested say, I'll in say this? this? I'll say this. Yeah. 
for for all his faults, for all his faults, you can never say Ken K didn't have a vision. I thought Calgary Next was a good idea that just fell apart in the details. But I, I thought, you know, having Ken come out and say, this is what we want to do. Here's why how we sure. want to do it. Are you on board? Yes. The, the, the initial sales pitch, it was well presented. It fell apart for other the reasons. The creosol. But it, it fell apart because yeah. of the creosol. The, and you can't tell the city that our gift to you is we just told you you have creosol. That's not the gift. The gift is cleaning up the creosote, right? Well, it's it's a great idea, but you pick the most expensive damn place in the city to build a thing, and the right. narrowest part of land where you there's no way in hell you can do a CRL around there, right? Because there's nothing to rope into it to make the taxes work. No. Uh, what's coming up on Flames Nation here in the next little while? What should be what should we be watching for, Ryan? Oh, Lordy, so much trade deadline stuff. Okay. And uh, there's three games this week. The Flames are on the road. They got Arizona, Vegas, and Colorado. And uh, they they need to win some or all of those games in order to inch closer to a playoff spot. And if they don't win some or all those games, maybe the conversation we have will drastically change. Maybe. But I just feel like it's going to be more of this. Uh, Mr. Pike, a, a pleasure and honor, sir. Thank you for bearing with us off the top. Uh, I'm glad you did because it was really well worth it. I'm hoping that you'll uh, feel uh, like part of this program and you'll continue to join us on a regular basis because you gave us a lot today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, man. Thanks. Ryan Pike, everybody. You can uh, catch him and read him at flamesnation.ca. He is the managing editor. We are live today from the Oodle Noodle studio. Yes. Oodle Noodles. Local, loved, delicious. Since opening their first store back in 2005, Oodle Noodle has been all flavor and just the right amount of weird. Two locations, 1244 17th Avenue Southwest and 105 Main Street North in Airdrie Pickup and Delivery. A couple things. Want to finish, and I've been threatening this all day, so let's get to it. Here's the manifesto. So, a lot has been made, and, and uh, yes, I have big giant sausage fingers, and I unplug things that I shouldn't have done. But I promise you, this is why I migrate to hockey. I say this to all small kids. I say this to anybody, because you can understand this. First time you step out on the ice, what happens? You fall down. You fall down. Then what do you do? You get back up. We're going to get back up tomorrow and do the show again. That's how we're going to We're going to get back up and do it again tomorrow. That's how we roll around here. Now, we are going to be Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 1 to 3, live and then podcast afterwards. For those of you who are joining me from the previous incarnations of my programs, most of this is already old hat. For those of you who are kind enough to join us for the first time and, 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 and try us out, I appreciate it. If you like it, please tell somebody. If you don't, uh, I, you know, what I would ask is that you give us a little bit of a break and come back and, and see if you like it in a little while. Um, this is going to be a Calgary show. This is, this is going to be a Calgary show. Um, we are going to talk a lot about the Flames. We will talk about the NHL. We're going to talk about some other uh, Calgary stories. We're going to talk to Calgary people. Not all the time, not exclusively, but it's going to be a Calgary show. Um, I tend to use the hashtag, grammatically incorrect, by the way, sports is fun. I believe this. I believe one of the things that we have lost on our journey is that we watch these teams... We participate in these games. We play. We're fans because the game is ultimately fun. We lose that every once in a while. We take ourselves too seriously. It's fun. This is fun. Today was fun. I love the, this, I think it's the first time I've ever gone toe-to-toe with Ryan Pike. Toe-to-toe, uh, nose-to-nose. Sorry, 
Uh, yeah, anyway, you know what I mean. It, it's fun, and it's supposed to be fun. But where is the fun? Like we, got, we lose the fun around here. Part of it is we treat you like customers, not fans. We treat you like customers. We're always talking about fan development, but in, we treat you like customers. We got to treat you like fans. That, it, that's where it starts. Your consumption is changing, and there's no point in me sitting here going, I remember radio. You, no. You go where you want to go. We come to you. You're now online. You're now streaming. Fine. Let's go there. Do I miss being on the radio? Yep. But this is cool. This will do. Thank you very much. Safe is death. There's too much safe around here. We're too safe. Ah, we don't want to do that. We don't want to lose money. Ah, we don't want to do that. We don't want to spend money. Ah, we don't want to do that. Nobody's done that. Safe is death. It's too much safe. We got to take some risks. We're going to try and take some risks here. We are. We're going to try and take some risks. We're going to fail. We're going to fail. We failed. But we'll learn. We'll learn. Tell all my kids this when I'm coaching. The number one, the number one learning instrument anywhere is failure. You learn way more from failure than you do from anything else. This show is a product of failure. I am a product of failure. I'm very proud of that fact. And every once in a while, we're going to fail. But we're going to pick ourselves up, as we said before, and we're going to come back at it. And I think more people need to do that. We need, we need leaders. We don't need managers. Good Lord, we got a lot of managers, don't we? You look around society, politicians, managers, lots of managers. People are managing. Manage, manage, manage. Let's be safe here. We need more leaders. Guess what? Leaders don't make everybody happy. They don't. But they get stuff done. And we're going to promote leadership on this program. We'll get to that in a second. Um, community is huge for me. And one of the really, I've I, I talked very uh, uh, openly and very um, positively about uh, the people at the Nation Network and, and, uh, and the Flames Nation people, Jared and Jay and those guys. One of the things that we haven't talked about is that I'm doing this show, but they've also asked me to take an active role in helping Flames Nation get involved in the community. And I, I am going to take them up on that offer. Because to me, being of service is the highest thing that a person can do. It's the most important thing. I learned that from everybody that's paved the way for me, from John Short to Peter Martin, my dad, Ken Babby, my, uh, my, fav- my favorite coach in the world. They Service, to be of service. We are going to be giving back to the community. Um, and I, 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 I talk about this all the time. I'm not interested in the tinfoil hat network news. So don't come to me with your conspiracy theories and all that crap. I, I have no time for that. I want to give you information, not affirmation. Okay? I said that over and over. I'm not going to, this is the manifesto. I'll say it once. You come to this program to be challenged. You come to this program to hear facts where they are. You'll hear my opinions. But I don't ever think my opinions are the facts. Sometimes they correspond. Sometimes they don't. But what I really want you to do, if this show does its job tomorrow, water cooler, practice or whatever, you know, he made me think about this. That's not how I thought about it, but he made me think. Or, you know, that's a good, I, we need more of that. We're too black and white, cut and dry. We're all in teams now. We're all in tribes. We need to be able to listen to another opinion and absorb it. So this show is going to be that. I don't want anybody walking away going, Rob Kerr told me to think this. I don't. Think what you want to think. 
draw your own conclusions. Read everything, listen to everything, watch everything, and draw your own conclusions. Um, and the last thing I will say, we are broadcasting live from Treaty 7 territory. Uh, I want to thank my good friend, Dr. Tyler White. Uh, without him, I don't think I would be here today. Um, uh, the CEO of Siksika Health is an amazing guy. And uh, our background, there you go. Our background, that's uh, one of the times we were out at Siksika uh, with a practice. So I want to thank him. Uh, and it's not something I'm saying today. It's something that we're talking about all the time. Um, and everyone is welcome here. This is a, uh, an all-inclusive, safe podcast. Everybody is welcome here. So if that makes me some sort of woke guy, fine. I'm okay with it. Because as far as I'm concerned, do unto others as you'd like to have them done unto you. This has been so much fun. So much fun. Thank you. I hope you'll come back tomorrow. I hope you'll come back Friday. Again, if you liked it, please uh, re review it. Give it the, the, all that stuff helps. Um, check out my website, robker.ca. Uh, you can check out my consulting business. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Business, which I launched today. Uh, you can check out my community page if you want to give back, or you can, can take a look at the page that's built around this show. Still a little bit of work to be done, a little rough around the edges. It's been a while. Big sausage fingers pulling out uh, cords that I shouldn't pull out. Thanks to the Tan Man for doing an outstanding job of getting all this stuff together and putting up with my BS today. Again, was it perfect? No. But you know what? We'll come back tomorrow. We'll try again. Have a great night, everybody. Thank you. This has been Just a Game here on the Nation Network.